This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com Okay, back here with uh, my buddy, former commissioner, current lobbyist, Heidi Dragas. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great. And attorney. And attorney. Yes. That's like the, the trifecta there. All the things, yes. So we're in your office in Juneau here. Yes. And we were trying to do it last year, but then the COVID hit. I think we've tried to do this like twice before, Jeff. I think we've had a couple. I think one time yeah. it was I'm going to leave that. That's COVID. on you. I think I canceled That's on it you. once. I think it's, <laughs> let's just make it 50-50. Um, you know, I don't, I don't actually know if that's fair, but sure, we'll go with that. So you're a lot, you're lobbying now. Yes. Um, and you had to wait, I believe a year because yes. you were the commissioner. Yes. And I lobby primarily for, uh, organized labor, building trades clients. Yep. So you were, um, the labor commissioner for four years, right? Yes. So a lot of times commissioner, some, some stay four years, some stay one month. Recent memory here. Right? Yeah. But some short tenures. But, but, yep. um, it's, I think it's, I'd say not a lot go the whole four years. Maybe going back through all the governors. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's a demanding job. It's a demanding job. I mean, I don't think I traveled as much as other commissioners, and I made MVP gold in no time. I mean, you right, just you know I got MV- so much travel. You have to. You have to. You have to go to see the different um, different communities, different job centers, different offices, and you know, it's it's kind of a it's a really important part of the job is to get out there so i got mvp gold first time last year which luckily carried over this year because of the covid and i'm saying what i'm never going back like i will just make I sure i, fly I gave enough. i gave mine up i mean because i wasn't traveling as much i have a you know after after i was done um as commissioner you know i returned to normal life and so i have a i had a, at the time two-year-old and so it's like i just I don't want to travel. Like, I, I just, I just can't go back to like, kid. I can't go back to getting almost always upgraded no. and then always getting it's, on first. It's really, it's the, my favorite part of it is I like to be able to go through TSA more quickly because you can go through like you and you get on the plane faster. Wait, do you have pre-check? Yeah. Well, I guess they have pre-check, but you also, don't you, isn't there, there used to be, it used to be important to like before the pre-check days to like have one of those statuses just so you could get through TSA faster. Like, right. That yeah, was that like was... my main goal. Because I just wanted leg room. I wanted exit row so I could have leg room because I'm tall. And I I wanted to get through TSA as quickly as possible. So, yeah, I got the pre-check, uh, I think, five, six, whenever they kind of started it. And, you know, I got the I, I got the global entry, which, oh, yeah. which yeah. adds the pre-check. I got global entry. I went to Italy one year with one of my friends, and I got global entry for that. And which which is great for yeah. if the folks listening. You can kind of yeah. just, when you come back, you can skip the line. And it and it encompasses T, the TSA mm-hmm. pre-check, so it's all it's all it's, it's an all, all in, in one. one. Yeah. Now yeah. I now I had the um, interview, and they have you have to get the fingerprints. I'm sure you yeah. did the same thing. Yeah. So so anyways, mine expired uh, last year, mm. and it, they last five years, mm. right? So it expired, and I I meant to renew it, and I go oh shit! So I went, it was it was actually expired, right? So I, I I renewed it after it expired. What I found out was if you start the renewal process for folks listening, if you have global entry or pre-check. <laughs> 
You want to start the renewal. You want to apply for the renewal before it expires. I should check. I went to Italy in, in 2016. I bet mine is expiring. It's five years. So you, you should renew yeah, it. I got to check. Start okay. the renewal process before it expires because if you okay. wait till after it expires, which I did. I'm just going to write a note. You lose, you lose it until it gets renewed. Okay. And at the time, it was like a six-month backlog. So I lost my pre-check for six months. Ooh. While, while it was being like reviewed or something. So what I learned was when you get the email or whenever they tell you, hey, you're going to be up, it's going to expire and, you know, whatever. Make a note. Right there. I did. Apply for the renewal before because okay. then you got to wait. And it took, and there's nobody oh, to call. Okay. It's the government, so you can't call anybody. There's nowhere to check. Yeah. It it's hard. really hard once you go through TSA pre-check to go back. You can't it's go back. Nice. You, don't, it's not, you don't have to take off your shoes. Especially L.A. or Seattle yeah. or any yeah. big – like here – it's, I don't go through those big airports that much. Like I pretty much go through Seattle and I go, my sister lives down in Oregon. So I go to Oregon a lot. In Anchorage, it's, it's like good sometimes when it's busy, but usually it's not that, but some of those airports, I mean, it'll be like the line just as far as you can see. Yeah. And then the oh. pre-check, I'm surprised oh, more God, people don't have the pre-check. Yeah. Like I'm shocked more people I don't, don't get it. I don't think people realize how simple it is to get. So it's, I mean, oh no, I've told, I've told everybody. I preach the benefits. Of I used to TSA pre-checking global entry. When I first got it, I did like a f- Facebook post, and I said, "This is great. You guys, you guys can skip the line. No shit." Yeah. And my buddy, my buddy called me. My buddy Bryce is like, "Stop fucking <laughs> telling people about this." Can you say that? Oh yeah, it's radio. Oh, okay. you can say whatever you want. You can. You should drop the f bomb. Should I? Yeah. Abs- Would that make news? No, maybe. Just but do it naturally. <laughs> yeah. Don't just. We can't force it. Okay. When I when I start asking you, you about some labor it. stuff, you can. I'm sure you'll get. Okay. You'll, I'm gonna. You'll, I'm gonna try not to. Amped up. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're commissioner. Now, the first time I heard of you was when you became commissioner. But yeah. afterwards, I realized that my friend Scott Eichholt and the laborers mm-hmm. in Fairbanks. You you worked for with the laborers for yes. A long I was time. the um, general counsel for the laborers, uh, the Alaska District Council of Laborers, for almost ten years. And now that's Representative Fields' wife. Yes, she had the council yes. now, right? I um, I headhunted her. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. So she's fantastic. So Fairbanks has such a unique. I've read so much, so many books and stuff about the pipeline. I just read this book. Uh, for my book club, going to uh, extreme conditions. You have a book club? Yeah, or no, I'm sorry, going to extremes. Going to extremes like, by Joe McGinnis. Like, is it like is it the the landmine book club, it's or like, is it just like you're a member of a book club? No, you just you just that's what it's called, landmine book club. Really? You should join. We have. About How seven, I, I mean, I usually read your tweets. I have not heard about this. We put it out there. We started December. We did about we have about sixty members. We, we're actually meeting tonight for the current book. We're reading the politics mm-hmm. industry, which I bet you read. I. I'm going to be honest. I didn't read it, but I did I watch thought, a TED Talk. <laughs> I thought all the Walker people read it uh, last. We 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 actually it was great. We did we we had a book. So now I'm outing myself. I apologize to all my my oh, Team Walker teammates. Look what I did! Oh my God, you were, I totally you read I read the Cliff, the Cliff Notes. Notes version, which was the TED oh, Talk. You're, you're busted. I did. I uh, full confession. I did not read it. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a good book. So I actually got. Um, I got great TED talk. I got I, it suggested. It was like a seventeen-minute TED talk. I highly recommend it. Was it Catherine or was it? Yeah, yeah. it was Catherine Gell. 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 Sorry, Gell. Gell. Yeah. The, the foods, mm-hmm. and then Michael Porter is the other author. Yeah. He did the Five Forces of yes. Business in the seventies. Mm-hmm. So I was um, hanging out. We did a podcast a while back with Rebecca Braun. Oh yeah, and she had Love the book Rebecca. in front of her, and I said, "What's that?" And then I, I said, "Oh my God, that's a that's a landmine book club book." So that's this month's book. And um, we're going to have the meeting tonight, actually. Oh, that'd be interesting. You should join. It's a very easy email sign up for the li- folks listening. Okay. Just go to Landmine. Alaska I actually Landmine. will look at that. No, we had a great discussion um, about it. There was, geez, I don't even know. There was like 20 or maybe 30 of us on the Zoom. It was great. Yeah, we have about 60 members. We have probably 20 to 25 come to each meeting. That's cool. And I have a problem with book clubs. Okay. I just don't like forced reading. And I've, I, 
I have reluctantly joined a couple book clubs, but I don't, I'm not good if you tell me I have to read a book. I'd rather just mm. read it. And I want to be very selective about the books I, I read. See, I you agree know? with I you. I just started reading again after like you know, having a toddler, like having a baby and then a toddler. And I just started like picking up books again. Like I have the energy at night to read a little bit. I agree with you 100%. However, when I found myself, I'm pretty busy and I wasn't reading, but I want to read yeah. and I, I'm yeah. usually reading. So I said, all right, fuck it. I'll start a book club mm-hmm. and I'll have to read. And my friend Katie Capozzi from the chamber, yeah. she's, we, we do it. Um, she's my kind of co-book club person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we do nonfiction only. And this way I can kind of pick, we rotate back and forth, but I'm kind of cheating because like I pick the book. So it's a book I want to read. Yeah. But I'm, it's, but we have a great group so of people. So that's great. I should start my own book club. You should. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. And then pick my own books and then tell people two days before when our book club is. So, I don't, I'm not good about like reading it on time. It's something about, I've talked to my girlfriends about it. It's something about like forced reading. And especially if it's a book that I just am not getting into for whatever reason, like I'll just drop it. So we had our second book. Our first book was Educated by Tara Westover. Which is a great. I book. have that. Okay, I have that book great. on my um my little Kindle. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. What whatever one that is, and I have not. I read the first chapter, and I didn't. I haven't read the rest of it, but I was intrigued. So I need to pick that up again. Really good book. So the second book Katie chosen is kind of this ongoing joke. It's called The Righteous Mind hmm. by Jonathan Haidt. Um, and it was it was just like a very, um, cumbersome kind of almost academic type. I mean, it was it was it was interesting, yeah. but it was it was just very. Um, kind of mundane and everybody in the we started the book club and everybody almost everybody was like this book we did not like this book <laughs> but then we've done um, what was uh, it about it's kind of about like it's like, it's like a, why people are divided by, po- by politics and religion and it's kind of he's oh. like a psychologist and he kind of looks at you know the reasons we're divided and mm-hmm. it's interesting but it's just it's very academic yeah we did extre- going to extremes last month by Joe McGinnis which was that was the book I was going to tell you he came to Alaska in the 70s for, for like two years uh-huh. and never been here and he tr- went everywhere and he wrote about like Juno and the cocaine and the, the money and the legislators and then like, all the partying and like being with the Barrow and he went to Fairbanks and he just, you should read the book I mean the Fairbanks part is just like nuts about the really? money and the pipeline guys it would, it's a really good book I bought, I bought it at the bookstore here in uh, Juno okay okay it was, like a, it, it was like a bestseller. 1988 came was a bestseller. I'll write it down. That was, actually sounds fascinating. He was a guy who, uh, it's a fascinating book. I love he, hearing about the early days. I hear stories from my dad who, you know, he worked on the pipeline and oh helped to build some of, you know, Fairbanks's kind of seminal structures, the North Pearl High School, Pearl Creek Elementary, Tana Valley Clinic. Anyway, all these buildings that have been there for years and years and years. My dad, you know, built those out of the Carpenters Local. So he would tell me some of these stories and... So it's, yeah, it's, um, it was wild. Joe wild McGinnis is the then. same guy that moved next door to Sarah Palin uh, oh, years ago to write a book about her, and she built the wall, and he died in mm. fourteen, I think. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's a fa- anyways. Fair, Fairbanks has a really crazy history of like money and gambling, and what's the Johnny's Girl? I haven't read that one, but I want to read about Johnny's Girl. Yes, I have heard about it. So this is like the book about. I think I read it, but that was years ago. It's been out for a while. But I mean, like the the amount of I mean, there was talk of just like all these like new women appeared in Fairbanks and I was like, who are these, you know, these like prostitutes came up and, and like hustlers came up and the like, like organized crime was up there all this time. It was in the a 70s. different time. I would have been, I would have been, I tell people if I was alive in the seventies, if I was me right now, in Maybe, like the that 70s, might have been your era. I, I probably would have like had like a five year burnout and like, died. <laughs> <laughs> if I was in Juno, like, <laughs> probably wouldn't have lasted. Too long. I think some of that, well, I don't know. There, I think there were some, I've heard wild stories uh, in Juno as well. Oh, there's a whole yeah. chapter of oh yeah in Juno about the book. And okay, Joe, I, I got I'll, and... I'll pick that one up. That maybe that'll be my next one. It's a good. It's a good one. 
Um, so, okay, how, so how'd you become, so you were involved in labor. I was involved in, I've been involved in labor, you know, pretty much my entire professional career. So, yeah, I was raised in a union household. I had two, you know, really strong union parents. My dad, who worked at a carpenter's union for years in Fairbanks um, through the pipeline and then, you know, uh, building up a whole bunch of stuff in Fairbanks. Um, and then my mom was a cook at the Pioneer Home, so she worked at a local 71, which is labor's local. And, um, yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I went to law school and I think it was just sort Where, of, where'd you go to law school? Willamette university in oh, Oregon. A lot, a lot of folks from Alaska. Yeah. yeah my there. sister still lives there. My sister actually, when I was a third year, she was a first year. Didn't Lisa McGuire went there, yep. right? And then mm-hmm. I think the, Lisa, Lisa Murkowski went yeah, there too. Lisa yeah. Murkowski, Lisa, Lisa, um, uh, Senator Murkowski spoke at our graduation that year. She no was way. A, she was in, I think she had just been. Appointed. I graduated. I think she was. I want to say O two that she was appointed. Anyway, I graduated yeah, in O three. It was sometime Murkowski around. Murkowski won right. in O two, so he would have appointed her. I think early O three or late O two, maybe, because he won in O two, and then he yeah took his seat right. in December of O two. So yep, yep. So wow. been, so she was a new senator. Yeah. So anyway, that was geez, almost twenty years ago. So did you know Bill Walker? Because I asked Click Bishop. He was former yeah. labor commissioner, and he told me that I was like, "How'd you become?" We did a podcast a year or two ago, and. Uh, Palin just called him at his house and left a message. <laughs> and then I was like, did, I, I asked that him. That doesn't like, surprise me. That's very Alaska. I was That's like, very did, Alaska. So I was, I was like, I joked. I was like, well, did you, I mean, you had a, I'm assuming run it by your she wife. And he's back. like, he's like, well, my wife called me and said, Sarah Palin called and wants you to be labor commissioner. So she, she already knew. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I had no idea I was ever oh, going to be. He awesome. wasn't like, wasn't planning to be labor yeah. commissioner. So how, how'd this come about with Walker? Well, um, I had heard from a few folks that I heard from someone that I I trust very much that I was being considered and it's funny because at the time and you didn't know you were being considered no not Whoa. even a clue so this was like the day before Thanksgiving in 2014 and um so you just I'm kind trying of been... to wrap things up my parents had just come into town from Fairbanks we were going to have Thanksgiving with uh with at my friend uh my friend's house and um Anyway, I, I talked with uh, somebody I, I know very well and said, uh, you know, we were talking about some other issues. And, and this person said, oh, no, by the way, you know, your name came up um, today in a, a meeting um, with Bill Walker. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm like, I mean, I am clueless. I am just as curious as everybody else about. Like, so you hadn't like sent like a resume or applied? No, no or, like, not at people... all. No, totally out of the blue. And, and so when this person said that to me, I was like, my first response, I hate to say, but I've told people is like, oh, no, oh, no, get this away from me. Like, no, no, no. Was like, that something you ever considered in your mind being labor never, commissioner? Never. Not a single time ever. It was it caught me completely off guard. Um, so I went home and thought about it. I didn't eat Thanksgiving dinner. Ooh, that sucks. <laughs> I just had like so much. I was like I it was a really overwhelming thing. I mean, so I'd been in this job for 10 years. I loved Working for the laborers, um, I was really comfortable with it. I loved who I got to work with. Good people, Scott was Jake there when you Scott, were Scott. Um, Jake was yep. Jake was there. Um, Scott Eicholt, Joey Merrick, um, at the time Dennis Moen, um, mm-hmm. now Jordan Adams, who I got to work with a was little Dennis bit. Dennis the Irish? Is he the Irish, Irish guy? Dennis Moen is he? Uh, no, Larry Mooney. Well, Larry, Larry Moon, that, uh, that guy is a character. Love Larry. I mean, we just had great people. That I love the work that I did, um, and. 
Yeah, so, yeah, no, it totally is, caught me Is there me like a 341, 942 rivalry, or is everybody kind of on the same I, page? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know. Because for the folks listening, 341 is Anchorage. That's Joey 341 Merrick. is Anchorage. 942 is Fairbanks. And then Local 71 is a, the public employees local mm-hmm. for the laborers. So it's statewide. Um, rivalry, I mean, there may be a friendly rivalry. I'll leave that to... Uh, I'm, I am a I am a proud card carrying member of Labor's Local 341. It's funny because I have the. Um, but that's but I you know anyway I not to I'm not I'm not taking that's not to say I, I take sides like I'm a I, you know I'm a member of the Labor's but I leave sol- that to sol- them. solidarity. <laughs> yeah. I have solidarity the, all the way. I have the hoodies that Scott gave me the 942. Whenever I wear them, people are always like inevitably, oh my god, are you like a Fairbanks Labor? And I no, I'm just. No, they gave the, me a sweatshirt. But I don't have any 340. One time Joey was like, where's your 341? I think I it's like, friendly. I was like, give me I, one. I'll wear it. It's, very, it's a friendly rivalry. Yeah, no. There's a lot of solidarity, a lot of strength in the in the laborers, Alaska laborers. Okay, so you, it's Thanksgiving. Walker yeah. had just been kind of, I think it was probably just been certified at that because it took a few weeks after the election. So he had been, it took like two weeks. Yeah, or and weeks he took to office get, like the first week of December. December. So you get this information that maybe you're being considered. You had no idea. Yep. When Now, when did... When did it become more real? Like, it, well, it, so then, so then it was quiet for a while, and then um, the governor called and asked me, and I like your cell phone. He called my cell phone, and I, I I'm going to be honest, and he's told people this. He, I said no. <laughs> no I way. No, I was, you know, I was 36 years old. It was such a huge life change. I think I was really nervous about the the what I would be taking on. It was a huge responsibility. It's a department of 800 plus people. It's crazy because I'm 36 and, and I couldn't never be imagined being asked right now to do something like that. I would be like, no, I'd probably say no way. I was like, I, I don't, I, I, I said, you know, I'm, I was really honored, flattered. I just, I had never envisioned something like that. Um, it kind of took my life in a completely different course. So I had said, so I said no, but he is, he was persistent. So he asked you again? Or? Yep. He did. Was it one of those like, hey, this is for the state. This is for you. Was it like, yeah, the, the and I, of- you know, and I talked with folks, and it really like I just had to do some soul searching. And there, you know, there's a quote from uh, Frances Perkins was mm-hmm. the first cabinet female cabinet member um, in Franklin Roosevelt's um, administration, and her grandmother said to her one time, "When someone opens a door for you, you have no choice but to go through it." And that that resonated with her through her life. And did Walker drop that quote, or was that a quote? No, no. That, but that's that. That's how I. I guess that's how I felt. I felt like I just I came to the realization like no matter how much anxiety or fear about my ability to do this role, I had an obligation to Alaska to Alaska's workers. I knew that I. I knew that I possessed the 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 right convictions um, and the policy chops to do the job, and so I, so he called and asked me to come to his office. So then I went to his office in Anchorage. I was so nervous. I mean, Bill was Walker official, is just the warmest, most the fantastic human, and you know he he's has this incredible ability to put people at ease. He just he really does, and so I. You know, he asked me again, and I said, "You went to his like okay, he, I'll do it." He was, governor, he was governor at that point. <laughs> he was governor. So you went to the official like the. I Atwood. went to his office in Anchorage, that's a, that's and he imp- asked me, and I said, "That's an imposing yes. play. That's like his. You're on his turf. You know, when you go in there, you're it like, was. But you know, with with you know with Governor Walker, it's 
He does. And you've met with him many times. Like he just has an ability I've interviewed to him put, in there before. Yeah. 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 He just, he, he puts people at ease. He has a, uh, anyway, he's. So, so when you got, human. so when you accepted it and, and you got appointed, you knew there was a confirmation uh, process. Yes. Were you at all worried about that or? I you... mean, you're always worried about it. Yeah. I, yes. I, I mean, I didn't think I would be, and I wasn't, I mean, I didn't think I would be that comfort controversial. I mean, I had the what, background. You, you remember your votes or? I do. It was confirmed 59 to 0 because Chris Tuck was having a baby. Oh, <laughs> so I, was I remember Leslie Rydell was 59 to 1, and for some yes. reason Sam Keto voted. Yes. I don't know. And they were like friends. Yes. So yes. she brings that up sometimes. And like, wow, yes. why did Sam Keto? I have discussed that with both of them. Yes. Was, <laughs> yeah. There, there's been now the, the, the um, last year, with, with two years ago with Dunlaver, there were some really close ones. Yeah. Uh, Crumb was close. I've done yeah, a few podcasts with him. That. He was 34, I think. Price was really 32, I think. Really? 30, yeah. 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 There was a couple close It can be stressful. Ones. I mean, we were sitting in the, um, the governor invited us to the cabinet room to watch the confirmations. And I didn't actually know. I didn't get the memo. I didn't hear. And so I watched mine. And then somebody called me. He's like, why aren't you here? I was like, I don't know what's going on. And so then I went and we had pizza and watched confirmations. And so. So when you're the Department of Labor, you should be in that little statute in your office about, I don't know if you have it memorized, but it's, it's like basically the statute about the Department of Labor's role. Yeah. And I don't have it memorized, but yeah, I mean, you're there to advance the the interests of workers, protecting workers, advancing opportunities for employment, ensuring their safety on the job. I mean, that's the, the credo of the Department of Labor. So as a, as a former like union person, when you're with the Department of Labor, you're kind of in some ways on the other side, right? I mean, I, you're, I mean, technically you're management. So yeah, you're in an executive position. I mean, I wouldn't call myself a former labor person. Like I think you're always labor. I mean, right, but, but I mean the role, your role kind of, yeah, no, labor. so it, yeah, it, I, I then became commissioner of labor. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, there are decisions you have to make HR decisions, um, you know, office moves, there's all kinds of stuff that you have. I mean, like the, the, the role of commissioner is all encompassing. Did you ever have to, I'm sure somebody, maybe some decision, somebody called you and said, hey, Heidi, like, you know, we're, help me out here. And you're like, nope, sorry, I can't. Uh, as far as like. Uh, like you made a decision someone didn't like and they tried sure. to call you as a former, you know, labor colleague or something. And sure. They tried I to mean, they didn't always complain to me. They would complain to others, including the governor about. Um, oh, oh, they went about. Oh, yeah. I hate that when somebody that happened, goes above your head. That happened once. It didn't go well for the individual. And I will say the governor had my back. That is one thing. I, You know, Bill Walker picked people who were competent, who um, had a lot of, I think, courage, conviction. And he trusted. He trusted us to do our jobs. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. So, I mean, you know, obviously when you have big policy, policy initiatives and things like that, we would go and, and I'd meet with him and go over it. Um, you have to, but we had latitude to do our jobs, and he trusted us, and so that was, and he had our backs. It was yeah, a beautiful to, thing. One thing I've kind of learned in life: you have to, when you're managing people or when you're doing something, you have to empower people. Exactly. And, until they do yes. something stupid or something, you have yes. to be able to get involved and hold yes. people accountable. But trust them. If you if you pick someone, trust them until they give you reason. Mm -hmm. You can't micromanage because it's just especially Absolutely. In, uh, especially huge. in yeah no especially in state government. And you got to check in periodically. You know we had a lot of we had regular cabinet meetings. We would check in. Um, I had meetings regularly with other departments. You know we uh, at the Department of Labor we worked a lot with the Department of Education. Um, so I worked very, really closely with uh, Michael Johnson. Um, he's one of the few, he's one of the only holdovers, yeah. I think, right? I think the only yeah, one, maybe. I think he's the only one. Yeah, I mean, 
it's a terrific individual. So, you know, we work together a lot on career technical education and, and apprenticeship, um, registered apprenticeship, um, uh, I revitalization. Artic- yeah. I mean, and I, so I'd work with like department of health and social services, uh, Valerie Davidson, who's a very close friend. Um, uh, yeah. So there's like, there's certain departments, like I would work with more closely and we were working with health and social services to grow, um, apprenticeship in, uh, healthcare occupations. Mm-hmm. Um, so we worked a lot with, uh, their department. I did an article last year about the apprenticeship when the department of labor was mm-hmm. trying to, I'm sure you're aware of that. They were yes, trying to like, change the, well aware. I was in the middle of that. They yes. were trying to change. I got a tip on it. And I talked to some folks. They were trying to basically change the apprenticeship rules to allow, um, you know, certain other groups to, teach people to do the job they were removing without... apprenticeship requirements for um uh plumber and electrician uh, yeah, trainees yes and and, I and remember... they hadn't really they didn't really check with industry or labor to see whether that was a good well, idea and so i think they got like 300 comments when, when in I, opposition and end up pulling the regulation well, so when I, I did the article and when i realized it was like i'm gonna say when i when i realized it was like harebrained like snafu fucked up is when the labor people were on the same exact page of the Associated Builders and Contractors. Yes. When, like, when, when labor is aligned with, with the ABC, yes, I, that's, what, that's when I said, Wait everyone a minute, so, pay attention. I said, something's happening, right? Yes. And so I did this article. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they were trying to remove, remove their apprenticeship requirements, which essentially would have allowed some group or some people to say, this person did 10,000 hours of, of, of work or training, but nobody's really verifying that it's the actual training yeah. you need to become an electrician or a plumber. Yeah. Correct. And so I did the article... And that guy, I think Gray Davis, he came afterwards. Is it Gray? No, no. Gray something. Not Gray. Gray Davis is the Mitchell. governor. M- M- yeah, Gray Mitchell. Gray Davis is, I think, a California governor. Yes. Mix he up, might have been involved. No, I'm up. just kidding. I don't but yeah, he, he went and, and, and appeared before the committee, the yeah. labor, or the, I think it was uh, Labor and Commerce, maybe, yes. or State Affairs. Mm-hmm. And it was just pretty clear they just were trying to do something kind of under, like, under the radar, and then it got out. And then there was a bill that was passed, like, very quickly. You know, and I don't, result- I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I don't know if it was nefarious. I don't think so. I just, I don't they cha- think they that they it was vetted. Com- they changed and- comments. We had public comments. It was like 300 against to one. Yes. And then they changed them. It was like, it was like 150 against like 140 neutral. Yes. And you read the neutral comments and it's like, this is fucking stupid. Yes. Neutral. You know? <laughs> yes. I'll leave that there. You can provide your own commentary. I, mean, I read, yes. I read we, all the we comments. Point, we pointed that out. Yeah. It, it didn't make, but, but a, a it didn't got- make a lot of sense to us. It didn't make a lot of sense to other individuals. And, to give the department credit, they pulled, you know, they got feedback and they pulled the regulations. And then to make sure that we were going to protect these requirements, I mean, registered apprenticeship is extre- it's one of the, it's a premier workforce training tools tool for um, for skilled trades for I mean for any industry. I, I mean, I, construction I, uses it. Um, um, incredibly well. They've done it for years. So I think when people think about apprenticeship, they think construction, they think union apprenticeships, but really like. The vast majority of apprenticeships are actually non-union, and they're in all kinds of industries. Mining, we have them in healthcare now, aviation. Um, I mean, they're, they run the gamut. It's just a really um, uh, incredible workforce development well, tool. Well, well, and it's very rigorous. It's standardized. And so there's a reason why we want people in those skilled trades, particularly in plumbing and in, elect- in the electrical trades, because they are licensed trades in Alaska. Well, well, so we want people to be skilled. Sorry. It's, but it's just like it's a very important thing. We want skilled people to do this work because it's a life health safety issue when something goes wrong. 
What's the reason for the other way of re- re- removing it? Is I mean, is it more like less regulation argument, or is it like more it's cheaper? Or what? Because if you think about it, if you remove the regulations or the requirements, then you could potentially be certifying people to do electri- electrical work or plumbing or pl- steam fitting stuff that don't, don't really know, don't have a really high standard. So Correct. you could create a lot of problems for. I and they didn't have standards for what that would look like if you were not in a registered apprenticeship program. So I mean, I can't provide the department's reasoning for promoting that. All I can say is that it was it's been in regulation for years and to ensure that it wasn't going to change again, um we actually HB 301 last year, we moved through the legislature in was, 34 days. That was quick. I remember that was Yeah, a, we that, just that, wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to come up again and it was bipartisan approval. It, I mean, it really Was that Zach was, Fields, I think? Did uh, do that or? Um it was uh Gabrielle Ledoux um actually uh carried the bill and then I think towards the end um it was representative uh Laddie Shaw. Um, who pushed it over the finish line, and then it got... Um, That's, that sucker went through fast. Bills don't it usually was 34 days. I mean, it was a pretty important issue, and it wasn't It wasn't partisan. I mean, everybody sort of understood what it meant for for those for those um, trades, those uh, uh, those occupations. I remember one of the comments, this guy, was it Brandon? Um, who was it? It was one of the comments they, they, they switched from, from against to neutral, and it was so funny. It was like, I've heard of some dumb ideas in my life, but this could be maybe the dumbest. And they switch it to like neutral. <laughs> I don't know which Brandon. It might have been. I don't know if it was Brandon McGuire. I think it was, he was it one was, of my buddies. It was, it was Brandon yeah, McGuire. He like put some comment. Plumbers. Like, yep. It was. It was like so clear. One of my I clients. Mean, it's very clear. And then it was yeah. like neutral. And he was like, "Hi, I'm <laughs> like yeah, Brandon." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think it was Brandon McGuire. Great. So, plumber, so what anyway. was four years being labor commissioner? What was was there like an instance? It was like a oh my god, this is like I have to make this decision or some 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 very serious. Like what was a maybe worst day or most serious day? That... Oh, worst day! Gosh, the uh, the worst day was when I found out that there was a young man in Anchorage who had been killed in a accident in a trenching accident. It was, oh, jeez! It was it was terrible. And anyway, it's even harder to discuss. Um, and so you know we, I. I, I wrote to the the widow and um you know it was I was mean, he a state this, employee or that he was not a state employee he was a uh, working for a private um company who were following um there's I mean trenching there are you know there's significant risk of injury and death with trenching cave-ins um so they didn't follow the OSHA requirements for trenching safety you have to you know make sure that the trench is secure and walled off and there's a bunch of requirements they didn't do any of it they cut corners um this young man was buried and they ended up oh god yeah it was was, i won't go into the details it was really tragic um young man he was i think he was in his early 20s um anyway it's heartbreaking i saw this video once on, on facebook it was like a construction site and this guy was they were moving big mounds of dirt huge mounds of dirt and the they didn't realize a guy was there, and they picked up the dirt, and it, it caved. And I mean, I don't know if they got it out or not, but it's like, it's like you think about being, ugh, yeah. just horrible. Yeah. So we, you know, we tried to redouble our efforts to to do some um, training on on trenching safety, and got the word out, and tried to get some people to sign up for some of those OSHA classes, and a, I should say ACOSH, um, Alaska um, mm-hmm. Occupational Safety and Health, um, who administers a lot of you know OSHA standards. So, uh, yeah. 
That was, that was, I mean, there, you know, there are good days and bad. That was, that was one of the, there were a couple yeah. others, but that was one of the, the worst ones. You think about like the labor movement and like, you know, turn of the you know, 19th, 20th century and kind of what happened, but before, mm-hmm. just even after the early 20th century, just like how people used to work, you know, yeah. it's just like yeah. crazy. The kids, it's like unbelievable. Job labor and yeah. then the people, I mean, you see, you see the pictures and the videos of those guys in those skyscrapers, I mean, no cables, no. no. I mean, the triangle shirtwaist fire. I mean, women were burned alive because the emergency exits were locked and the ladders, the, um, uh, the, the, the emergency exit ladders were broken. They weren't working and women were jumping out of buildings because otherwise they were going to suffocate. So either way they were going to die. I mean, it's just like like all these, all these bad things had to happen to advance worker safety initiatives, which is, is tragic. Um, but, you know, it, it's just funny to think about taking for granted that people used to work 60-hour weeks. Um, there was no overtime. There was no, there was no child labor. There were no child labor laws, none at the turn of the century. There were none. Um, all of that had to come about through people. And trying to advance that took, you know, decades mm-hmm. to get. And now we take it for granted. Like, I mean, that's just what, you know, of course we have an eight-hour day. And, of course, you have overtime. And, you know. Most people get weekends off, not everyone, but like you just take it for granted. But all of those things people literally bled for and died for, went to prison for. I know I have a friend whose who's, who's, um, grandfather went to prison for, um, you know, for uh, just standing up for workers. I mean, it really, that was well, as simply that, as that. Why do, you, why do you think, and you know, I ran for the first time in 2012 and I was hooked mm-hmm. up at the time with some very um, conservative kind of right to work folks so i was in that kind of world for when i was i was younger impressionable you're around people and mm-hmm. but you know you start to like pay attention more and, and you you see things but there's there's a still pretty hard anti-labor sentiment on certain parts of the you know the right right to work stuff and i've always wondered you know it's like when you really think about it it's like people have the right to should have the right to organize themselves and especially i think the i, I draw a line between the public sector unions and the private sector unions i think they're different but i always tell people the government, the governor, the mayor, whoever it is, they approve the contracts, right? They 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 negotiate. So if if the labor folks, I mean, why they're going to ask for what they want to get, they're going to negotiate. And if they get everything they want, it's 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 really on the government, right? Because they approve yeah, all these. Yeah, I mean, con- the uh, you mean as far as public employees? Yeah, as far as public employees. Go, I mean, you know, I I don't know. I guess I don't see as many differences, um, you know, between you know whether you're a public employee or private employee. I mean, I think that. You know, having an advocate um, for you to demand for certain, it's not just wages and benefits, but it's working conditions. Um, You know, they, you know, a a lot of that, you know, that's a huge part of a collective bargaining. I guess the difference, I I would say the difference I see is when you're, when the public union that's tech, you know, your people are getting funded through taxpayer, taxpayer money or private unions, they're, it's, that's the difference, I guess. That was your, or, or your bargaining based on, you know, tax dollars. So there is more of a maybe reason for the public to watch that stuff. But it just seems like there's been this vilification of whether it's teacher unions or public employee unions, and it seems to be you hear about it a lot. You know, I, I see people all the time. It's attacking yeah, the unions. I, I think it's really unfortunate because the you know, and I think you it's you know now more than ever you see why having representation is so important because one of the things you hear repeatedly in the capital is um, turnover 
we have, you know, we, we can't retain employees, whether it's police, fire, um, or within the department, talented people, they might come, they might, you know, learn a few things and then they leave because the private sector is paying so much more. Well, Jim Cockrell just we, said- And it didn't used to be that way. It did not used to be that way. I mean, the state of Alaska used to be a premier place to work, you know, great wages, great benefits. We used to set the standard in Alaska um, and we don't do that anymore. We haven't, um, you know, hell, how many years have we been in this most recent fiscal crisis and we haven't Decade, fixed yeah. the issue. And so, you know, we don't see those- um, you know, wages have not kept up with inflation. Um, you know, productivity has gone way up, but wages are just stagnant. Well, Jim Cockrell, a few weeks ago, the new DPS commissioner, yep. said we're, we're, he basically said we're a training ground for the Western states for public safety. We do the five years of yep. the training, they get vested, and then they leave. And it's a real it's a real issue because of this, you know, pension issue. I mean, I think along, in the 80s, there was a reason to get people up here, and it was, a, a, you know, there was a need to attract folks. And the Tier 1 probably isn't doable today. But we've gone all the way to the other end of it. Well, but we've recognized that the tier one wasn't sustainable. But I agree with you. Now we've, it's gone, like the opposite. we've gone so far the other way. We can't retain people. We don't. Have, we don't. We have no. I don't know longevity incentive. I guess you know to stay with the state of Alaska because and and losing that institutional knowledge, it hurts government. It hurts how government functions. You need that institutional knowledge. Um, for I mean any number of reasons, but to advance policy initiatives certainly, but to well, make I, to make change and to you know learn from mistakes. I mean, there's all I mean there you know I could go on and on, but it, it's we got to keep some we got to keep those people here. But people are leaving. We have that you know you go to research and analysis. The Department of Labor, our outward migration is uh, you know has jumped in the last lost, couple of years. We've lost people two or three years in a row. Yeah. And I was just going to say in the legislature, for example, we, we've had a high turnover the last two years. And I was one of these a long time ago. When you I mean the actual the legislators, legislators themselves. Yeah, yeah. But yep. I was a long time ago when I was kind of young. I, I think I'll oh, just get rid of everybody, start over. And you see just in the legislature, for example, when you lose yeah. 20% or 30% of the people in two years or four years, yep. you just realize how messed up things get because no one knows what's going I mean, no one, you lose all that institutional knowledge like yes. you were talking about. It yep. becomes, it becomes kind of chaos. Yeah, I mean, look, look at we're the last see, two we're years. We're seeing I mean, that. We're seeing that. Couldn't yeah. organize, and everybody's trying to stop. I mean, yeah, there's no, like, they yeah. can't pass a budget. They can't even call themselves back into special session. Yeah. They had to rely on the governor, and he's like, he's gone. He's hunting, and he's in Nashville at the <laughs> RGA. It's like, what's going on? God, I'd love to go to Nashville. I want to do that Nashville hot chicken. Yeah, you probably don't want to go right now. It's a Republican governor association, so um, I'm not no, sure if you I, fit in there very. <laughs> I, I, I probably wouldn't. No. Hi. Hey, hi. hi. <laughs> so now, now you're doing lobbying but you had a what'd you do for the year did you kind of take a break oh i just took a break and hung out no i took a little bit of time off and i spent a lot of time with my daughter i have a young daughter she's three and a half now she's just a fireball olive jane i told you my friend allison has had a baby recently and that's jane olive yeah well so olive is named after her great grandmother jane olive mckinnon and so she is olive jane Son, my husband. Is that a McKinnon? Can, are you related yes. to McKinnon? Family? I didn't yes. know. Oh my my God. husband's family. Um, yes. My 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 mother-in-law is Dee Dee McKinnon Sund. So are you related to Tira? Yes. Tira, Tira's great. my I love so her. yeah, Tira's. She I works love for the Tira. speaker, yes. so people in the website um, know. Yes. So her husband Bob is my husband's cousin. Yes. So that's so you you have a connection to Commissioner McKinnon then. You're yes. The, the husband UJ. Related. We call him UJ. Uncle U- John. Yeah. Oh, Uncle. <laughs> Love that. I didn't know you were so so it's your husband's who's in the family. Yes. Yeah. I did not know I did not know you had that connection. Yes. 
Yeah, so well, I mean, very Alaskan. It's very Alaska. Like Alaska, Alaska is just one small town, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah Tira's. I, yeah, the McKinnons. It's like it's like Juno. That it's like it's who's, one of the old Juno who's, who's, families. Who's the yeah. other one? I, um, Tammy. She she runs the McGivneys. She's Tira's cousin. Oh yes, yeah. I think through the Smiths. I think through. Uh, her, maybe it's yeah. the other, the other yeah. side, but yeah, yeah very very Juno. Mc, oh, yeah, no, Mc, t- uh, yes, yeah. I think through the Smiths. Yeah, yeah McKinnons yeah. go back a long ways yeah. here, right? Well, I mean. They have the, Over a hundred years. They had the I mean, mine. They have the, yeah. Isn't there a mine? Well, they're involved um, in one of the mines out the road, but the Alaska laundry and dry cleaning mm-hmm. has been. I mean, it's. I think it's the. I don't want to say the oldest. It might be the oldest family-run business in Alaska that's still owned by the family. Yeah. So have you ever had like a Thanksgiving with like you and like? Because yes. jo- jo- I'm assuming you guys' politics are a little different, right? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I'm just gonna go on a limb there. <laughs> yeah, you can go on a limb. That's fine. Yes. Um, yeah. No, our, I mean our politics diverge, but we have other things that we talk about, and they absolutely adore Olive. They're. they're you know, I, I love um, listening to Nick Begich, Senior. You know the he's the harp guy, the you know, the harp facility in Kako- like it's like they're I using weather control. Anyways, he's Mark and Tom's brother. Mm-hmm. Very conservative. And he calls into the Percaro show in Anchorage sometimes and talks about how, you know, they're very all different. The, you sure. Know. Everybody's, but, but, but yeah. To, I mean, you have, can't they pigeonhole have, people. They sure. go to the dinner or Thanksgiving or whatever, sure. and they just, they're family. Yeah. And, you know, that's it. I mean, you, yeah, you, you find your common ground. I mean, life can't be all about politics. But right now, it's people so, are complicated and interesting, and you can't just put them in boxes. But right now, it's so, you know, just seems bad. Friends and family have stopped talking over. Whether it's a Trump thing or whether it's COVID or, or, or anything, yeah. people have just stopped. You know, I have a lot of friends who have stopped talking to their family. I think about, people, yeah, and I think it's it's which it's is crazy. harmful. It's crazy, and I mean, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm beating this drum all the time, but we've got to get away from this. We've got to get away from this this hyper partisan division where we just stop thinking about people as you know, a fellow human being and we think of them as Republicans or Democrats or it's whatever. It's worse. It's like the it's enemy. Just, I mean, yeah. I think people is the, their political. That's just like enemy. one aspect of someone's whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just hate how it, you, you, they stick you in a box and that's where you go. I just think that people are uh, much more um, interesting and complicated than just you know, your registration or whatever. Uh, I wanted to ask, we talked about it before the podcast, but you had this a couple of years ago, social media post that kind of took off. It was about the breastfeeding. Yes. Remember I that? breastfed my daughter. Yes. So I remember reading, it was like, there was so many comments about it because that's been kind of a thing in the last couple, it kind of comes up once in a while, but you, what happened? You were traveling or? Yeah. Well, you know, so motherhood really changed me and this is not going to come to any surprise to any mother listening to this. Um, motherhood really changed me and it opened my eyes. It's in some ways I'm, I'm sad that that's what it took, but, um, you know, what moms go through to raise their children and, um, you know, and in my case, a working mom trying to figure out like, I mean, it was that, that year, Olive was born, Olive was born in December. I took what day, December 23rd. Oh, I'm 21st. Hey. That yeah. close. Christmas. We're really going to try hard. Like she gets a birthday and it's just her I'm, birthday. I'm, I'm, and then I'm, keeping it Christmas. Cause my sister was born on the 14th and she, let me just tell you growing really like adamant. Like if she was just complained about it her whole life. Let me just tell does. you growing up, my sister was born August 1st. Yeah. So every year 
and this is looking back i have these like horror memories of <laughs> happy birthday merry christmas from all my family yeah it was one gift oh and you got the one gift oh yeah she always got two and my brother actually did that this year and i'm like okay this is the last year and it was a great gift but like you we cannot do this to her she gets a birthday and she gets christmas See, not like, me i never i don't think i ever got two it was oh, always yeah, like no. a double because I mean, 21st be is so rule, close only because like i i heard it so much from my sister like we can't we're not going to do that. It's a thing. So, yeah. So, she was born in December. And um, so, I took some time off of 17. So, you still had another year of... So, I still had another year. So, and it was not... It was like the timing wasn't awesome because we, you know, you jump into session and you're defending your budget all over again. And so, I took some time. I had great staff. I mean, I had... I think I had the best staff of any department in the state. Phenomenal staff. Greg Cashin, Tally Teal. Um, oh, Tally, yeah. Harbor. I mean, I, you know, great. all of them, you know, Zach Fields, um, Heather Beatty, uh, you know, we it's like a power um, team. Oh, yeah. Claire Pywell came on. I mean, we just had a, I'm missing people. Um, but Patsy Westcott, who's yeah, Claire, there, I like, yeah. Like Claire's cool too. just a fantastic crew of, of people. Um, I loved, I loved working with my staff. I loved the crew that we had. So they, I mean, by then we were fairly, fairly well-oiled machine, um, Greg stepped in as acting commissioner and handled the, the hearings at the beginning. And then, you know, it, when it came to crunch time, I came back, I think mid end of February. And so, so was, then you're was, like, was she, was, uh, maybe invasive. Was she a surprise or having the, um, was that like a, I mean, like, it's like a little invasive, <laughs> but, um, uh, we, I mean, I, so I met my husband and, you know, I had been, I was 38 and so I had been dating, you know, I dated my whole life i mean i'm like it's just what you do and so i you know anyway my uh my friend of mine laura steidolf who you know oh yeah. Mine, yeah love her yeah love laura uh laura knew that kevin liked to forage for mushrooms and i'm i'm a big forager Wait, that's laura like fixed my up you and your husband yes oh my god yeah you didn't know that i yet. did not know that yeah so I feel bad I did not name my child after her because I owe her so much. <laughs> wow. So yeah. wait. So you. So this, this is a couple of years. This is like recent, kind we of recently. We met in or? yeah. So we met in sixteen. Yep. Oh, so you had like a baby like quick. We had a baby. Yeah, we had a baby really fast. So we got engaged, and I found out that I was pregnant two days later. So it wasn't a shotgun. Whoa, we're going to do all the things right now. So it was like a, was like a shotgun. <laughs> it was, well, I mean, we totally joked about a shotgun ready. We had a great wedding. I was four months, four months, four or five months pregnant. So, so, no, so I was like. No hard partying at the wedding. No. No. Uh, I mean, not for Not for you. For you. For for me, yeah. Other people, I'm sure. I think probably. Kevin had a great time. <laughs> um, a few others had a good time. No, it was, it was a really small backyard wedding. It was so fun. I had um, a couple of my best girlfriends from high school came down and did the catering it was just a like a family affair it was it was so fun it was you know but it was a it's a lot so and I was like when I told Kevin like I wanted to elope because I think you know knowing that I was pregnant and then I had this job I was like I don't think I can handle all these things like I can only handle so so many things and my husband was awesome he's like I will handle this and my sister came to town she brought her best friend um, who is a elementary school vice principal no sorry scratch that middle school vice principal so she know she like she lays down the law and she happens to be a phenomenal wedding planner um so she came up and she they just like 
they just did it. Like I didn't have to do that much. They were amazing because they knew I was already stressed out just with life and being pregnant and keeping up with my travel schedule and things like that. So they just like did it. And so it was for me, it was like super fun. I found some um, maternity wedding dress that's actually it was beautiful um, that I ordered from a random company and I ordered two dresses, one fit. Great. You know, it's like, anyway, it was just, it was wonderful. Order two to see which one. Yeah. Yeah. It was clear. I helped plan a wedding in 16 for my, my two friends. I got, I was kind of helped plan it. I was with the MC and God, it was so much fucking work. I mean, it was like literally every week we met. It's a lot of work. Several of us working on it. People put way too much pressure on themselves. It's like the alcohol, the food, the catering. We got like a helicopter special deal to pick them up. And we didn't have a helicopter. We we did like a special surprise, but there's just so many like moving parts. And we had, they had pretty big, it was like a hundred people and people flew yeah. in and it was, you know, he was uh, Venezuelan, Italian, she's Russian. So it was kind of an international, oh, I bet that was but it was fun. just at this big house in Homer, um, oh, that second star. It was just, anyways, it was so much work. Yeah. And I wasn't even, I was yeah. helping. I wasn't even yeah. the main person. I was just yeah. helping. I mean, we tried to keep our small, we, um, uh, yeah, I, that we carried that thing off with the, I mean, my, my family, my husband's family is kind of amazing. Um, and my sister and my girlfriends and, and her friend, Jen, like it just like came together beautiful. It was really, really fun. And, but, and then it was like, you know, and then you're just like waiting for this baby to come. So how long after you met on the mushroom foraging, did you get like engaged? Well, you're really like digging into this. This is, huh? this is great stuff. Six months, six months. See, this gives me, this gives me hope. We I'm... just knew, you know, like I had dated so much and I'd never felt that way. We, we both say the same thing. Like he, the same thing. He had been m- married previously and we just... It was kind of incredible. Like we just knew, like we were each other's person. So it gives me hope because I'm 36. I'll be 37. Yeah. I was 38, and, and I was, and I had all of when I was 39. My mom had me when she was 34. Yeah, you're like a spring chicken. Yeah, my 30. Take my care sister. of yourself, though. Take care of yourself. Well, what, is, what do you mean? Exercise, eat well. Right. Yeah. Right. I got like I meditate. Got, I got a clue with the drinking. The, like, it's so easy to drink in Juno. I'm leaving Friday, so yeah. I'm getting out of here. I mean, just, <laughs> all you can do is drink here. It's like. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. That's not true. There is lots. All you can I mean, do is like drink outdoor, here. That is there's false. Outdoor, there's outdoor stuff. There's, there's things all to do. There's outdoor it's like stuff. When I mean, you're this in the, is like an outdoor. When you're in the legislative like Mecca, world, you, you go out and people are always going out to Triangle or Narrows or Alaska. Every people just you. Let's have I a think drink. you got to branch like five out. Five drinks, ten drinks. There's you got to. There's like there. You can do indoor soccer. You can do hockey. You can. There's tons of hiking. You can go paddle boarding. There's all kind. You got to branch out, Jeff. Branch out. Well, I, I know. I do, in Anchorage, I do all those things, but like, I mean, yeah. I come here and I'm and here short like, term. Yeah. I don't have my stuff. Are with you me. downtown? I was staying at Star Hill for four months. Okay. I was, I was, yeah, yeah. I was renting Claire Richardson's place. Oh, and then, oh, and nice. Then, I then, love her house. So and cute. then I went, now I'm at the Driftwood. Yeah. And now it's kind of special. Nothing's happening. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm leaving. But, but I'm 30, I'll be 37. And, yeah. you know, I don't want to be like 45 and single. So, but, well, but, you know, I'm, when we got married, I was 38 and my husband was 42. I mean, it's you just never know. I, I want to do never the, know. There is hope. I want to do what I call the Adam Wool plan. Um, he got he got <laughs> um, with Kate when he was like he was in his forties or late thirties yeah. or forties, and she was younger. And then he had two kids in his like mid to late yeah. like mid forties. Oh yeah. So he did his now stuff. that's he had like his, nothing. That's normal. Like now. like thirty six is the new twenty six. I love that. So I'm telling myself. Okay, as so let's get, a forty three year old woman. <laughs> let's get back to the uh, the post. The post. The, so, yes. the social, which kind of went. Oh, All the those post. Comments. Okay, gosh, is that but that was like ten minutes ago? <laughs> we're just going so quick. I mean, you're you're a great guest. Uh, yeah, I'm. I I'm I'm. Yeah, I, t- I hopefully I'm not talking too much. Um, I guess that's the point. Though. That's the whole point. Yeah, that's, that's the whole point. Um, we're almost an hour. We're gonna keep going. So I uh, yeah, I um, 
I put up this post about breastfeeding and it just, it, I mean, it's funny. It just happened very organically. I was in the boardroom, um, the Alaska Airlines boardroom. I got a membership because honestly you spend so much time. And when you, when you're gold, you get a discount. Yeah. Like it's a lot cheaper to do it. So, so otherwise nice, I could room. not, I would. Yeah. Um, so I, um, and the boardroom, um, if nobody's using it, they'll, they, they will let you use it for 15 minutes to pump. Um, which was awesome. So I'm sitting there like hooking myself up to my machine and I'm like, and I, in like, they're basically like 15 minutes and you need to be out of there. And so it's like, and it's stressful. Like you, I mean, this is, I'm, you know, I used to, I would be in my office and I recorded, this is like real, real story. This is the real deal. I recorded my daughter crying to help me like produce milk so I could get it so I could like pump and then get back to work and like oh, women that, do probably, this the probably, tricks that you learn right, to like probably, yeah. help with production is you know is like there's like supplements you can take I was drinking I was drinking gallons of water which sucks on a plane because nobody mm-hmm. wants to use the airport bathroom oh my god I took my daughter to Fairbanks this weekend and of course she has to go to the bathroom on the plane and I do everything I can to avoid it but we had to go and it was just like I mean, putting two people even like a half a person in me i mean it's just like it's it's, com- lot, it's, yeah. com- it's a comedy it's, it's a comedy sketch um so i'm in the boardroom pumping and i'm like do people even understand how difficult this is you know and we just we're getting there but we're not there yet now they have the, those, what, those to, things to those understand little, those... like these humans don't just appear like they're not like women have to produce them and they become part of uh, members of society and and in order to do that like we should be advancing initiatives that that you know promote the development of families and and child rearing and we're just in america we're so far behind now they have those things in some of the airports those yeah little, i've used those um, the the nursing rooms, pods or, yeah the pods nursing are... pods yeah and they're great and actually i happened to complain to somebody well-placed i don't even remember it was total offhand comment i was in the denina center for afn and i couldn't find a place to pump i was like i didn't know where to go i don't even i don't remember what i did if i ended up going back to my office in the atwood and then coming back because we were at afn and i complained to um i i i think i i mentioned it to a good friend of mine becky um went pearson who was the um city attorney oh yeah she's a gci now yeah and um, her hu- her husband Bill Pearson, um, is one of my best friends, childhood friends. I've been friends since kindergarten. Um, uh, anyway, so uh, I complained to her, and then she mentioned it to Bill Falsey, who was the city yeah, manager at the time, and they actually put the the wheels in motion to put a nursing pod in the Denina Center because this was an issue, and I just happened to raise it that you know, hey, this is if it's if it's happening to me with all of my privileges, my own office and things like that, like other women need this. And so they were like, yeah, you're right. You know, all it takes is sort of, I mean, it's, we need women in policymaking positions in elected office to bring these issues to the forefront. I mean, it seems like in this country breast, I mean, lately it's been, been more of a, a topic, but it just seems like it's always been this like almost taboo kind of weird. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I think a lot of women are like, yeah, we're, you know, they're just like, I mean, the topic Women itself. just trailblaze on stuff. I mean, like, the. I mean, I don't know. Breastfeeding should not be controversial. It is natural. It is a way of life. It's, and, it, and you know, and if you can do it, great. And if you don't, great. You know, whatever you got to do to keep your ass. kid, you know, like, 
I would, I just told my um, sister-in-law this weekend, whatever you need to do to keep my kid alive for two hours so I can leave. I went, I did some stuff with my niece. Like that's sort of how I feel about like if, you know, I think breastfeeding for me was um, terrific because I knew it was nourishing my baby. It was also one of the hardest things I have ever done. Now, some women, that's not the case for me. I was, I mean, just worried about production and, oh, she's not nursing as long. And, oh, I need to like pump every two hours, every three hours. Should I go to four hours? Oh, no, look at my supply. Like it was constant. It was exhausting. I've had several female friends that have had kids over the years. And I mean, I've heard all the the yeah, we just make it so hard for women. We make it so hard for women to do that. And I think we're making So the pods good are probably changes. a good step. They're a good step. Making sure that you have, um, there now is in law that you have to, I think federal law, that you have to provide a um, space for women to um, to uh, uh, to breast pump or breastfeed. Um, you know, because I mean, I've heard horror stories, women um, breastfeeding in, bathrooms in mm-hmm. cars in there in the parking lot which i have done i have uh so let's see i have uh breast i have pumped in the back of a moving car um with a staff one of my staff members who's who um is a good friend of mine um and female um so, so say, if like, that was me i'd be like uh, I'm no getting, i don't i would not want to make it uncomfortable for anybody <laughs> trust me no and i've known this this woman for many many years so it was a very um it, she was anyway that so i have moving cars in parking lots i a random office on the third floor in the governor's i had a meeting with the governor and it got delayed and i was like i get it i get a pump so i just so like you have, you have to like carry all this stuff around with you yeah i'm equipment. just walking around with my my and it's like black and like I guess it sort of looks discreet unless you're a mom and you're like, Oh yeah, I know what that bag is. It's like the Medela pump that everybody uses. Mm-hmm. And so I just like, and then I had like a cooler bag with my breast milk. It's a whole thing. I mean, I didn't mean to go into, you know, breastfeeding, but it, I mean, it was a wonderful thing. But, but I, I, remember, thing. I remember vividly I was, your post got like so many people yeah, it, comment. I mean, it was like huge amount of, and there was, there was different comments too. Some people were like, you know, most people are positive, but then somebody said something. I forget what they said. Like, well, do it at home. And then somebody was like, well, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, that's not that's not <clears throat> logical. It doesn't make sense. I mean, women make up a, you know, I don't know actually the percentage, but a huge proportion of the workforce. And so let's make it easier for them to do that and support women um, and families with children um, and not make it harder. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'm a big believer in that. And I mean, you know, I came from it like, I thought about how hard it was for me, and I had an office that I could shut the door. I think you highlighted all that stuff. I, you you yeah, had a lot of advantages. I could, I, from... you know, I like I had my breast pump was just out on my desk for almost a year. Like it was just there, and I, you know, my I had to store my milk in the fridge, and I tried to put it in an area, but like that was just it. What it that you know, it's what it is, and and but I and I could move my schedule around if I needed to. Like and my staff all knew. I put a sign on my door. Um, I might have it might have been something like moo cow or something. So everybody <laughs> knew. Like I didn't, I wasn't trying to hide it. Like I wanted them to know. Like see, my one is... friend, she worked worked for this company, big company, but small office, and she was they they basically gave her a, a, pl- a place to go, but the boss was cool, but he was very like didn't obviously want to like be you know. So it was kind of a thing for. I think it was a little bit uncomfortable for her. Yeah, just I mean a to, lot like, of women. Oh, I've heard. I mean, I talked to one woman who was in tears about it because she had to pump in the bathroom and I was like what why how is this like you know how can we call ourselves a modern society and we have women who have to pump in a, a bathroom like so you know now there are you know there's a law that um should curb a lot of that but I know it still happens 
Yeah, I mean, enforcement of that kind of thing, especially for smaller companies. I'm sure it's yeah. Big companies seem to be yeah. Doing a big lot. companies and do like a I said, the airports. I see those things popping up, and the, the Dina Center. I've seen and there's one. you know, and big companies are providing childcare facilities, which is extremely helpful. I mean, we have a childcare crisis what, in this state, in the country, but in this state in particular. And I know it. Like we, I was trying to get our our daughter into daycare. Was one of the books we read for our book club was uh, one billion Americans: the case yeah. for thinking bigger. And a big yeah. part of the book with this guy Matthew Iglesias was like allowing. Um, he thinks we should have more people in this country yeah. to compete globally, but we need to have more policies favorable for for, for parents and for yes. raising kids. And when I was, I spent a year in Australia, and my, Ooh, I bet that was fun. It was awesome. Twenty seventeen. It was wow. when you got married. Yeah, that same year. Yeah. So, um, I I was there for a year, and my good friend Andrew, who I met in Europe years ago, he's married, and they have at the time they had their second kid, and she was a teacher, mm-hmm. and it's like crazy in Australia. I mean, there's like you get a year off. Um, paid. It's oh it's God. a it's, it's almost, a minimum. It's wa- almost hard to it's, hear. It's like a minimum. Wa- I mean, they don't pay you a lot, but they pay you. They have to hold your job. She's a teacher. Um, they have the Australian medic Medicare, which you know, single payer deal. There's also private insurance, but they just have the you know, they're both working people. Um, they do very well, and baby costs zero. I mean, I they get I just want to cry. They get it, and she so had a C section, and it was zero. And they were like, they even thought like, man, are we going to pay something? Um, that a, is amazing. A year off, paid. It's not again. It's not like. You're not getting the same salary you're getting, but you're getting a, a, a certain level of wage. And it's just like, it's so, and Australia's not even considered the best in the, in the world, the best country. It's pretty high, but there's countries that are like considered even better than Australia, you know, Scandinavia, certain countries in Europe. And it's like here, I mean, I've had friends literally have a kid and go back to work in like a month or two months. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's insane. I know, I know a friend who had to go back to work after six weeks and you are and, not and Not because ready. they wanted to necessarily. No, that you are not. Well, for lots of reasons, they, that's all the time they could take off of work um, or financially. That's all they could afford because there's no paid leave. Like that affected me. You know, I, I didn't have that much leave. I'd only been with the state for like three years. So I didn't have that much leave saved up and we, you know, use some vacation time. You don't get a ton of time when you're, you know, we're pretty busy in the cabinet, but um I didn't have a ton of leave. I certainly didn't have 11 weeks. So I had to take some unpaid leave and that was hard on our family. You know, I'm, you know, my salary made up, a, you know, the bulk of our income at that time. My husband um, had stayed home, was staying home with our daughter because, mm-hmm. you know, I traveled so much. It was like the only thing and it was, it well, worked out so well for us. Like, we daycare. were lucky that we could do that, but like it was, it was tough. And like, it, if I know that's that was a cal- one of the calculations for me, like how much time can I take off? Like how much can we afford? Like no mother should have to worry about that. Uh, 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 well, how do we not, uh, you know, provide for women when they, you know, when they have a baby? No woman should ever go back to work after six weeks. I can tell you, like going back after eleven weeks was so hard, and I was able to sort of work from home I had flexibility to um I think I went into the office like three days a week and I'd work from home two days unless I had something to kind so I could like breastfeed and sort keep up with that and after a few months I was able to go in more often I mean that I had I, I had great staff the governor was super supportive um chief of staff was super supportive so that, I mean I had it easy and, and I think and- about other women who just who they don't have well- that support from their yeah, the um, other thing is, like, you yeah. talk about the cost of daycare and childcare, yeah. which in Australia and other countries, they, like they, make, they, they make it. Um, and we actually had our book club meeting on this One Billion Americans book, and this yeah. topic came up at the book club. And there was several people, and even some conservative people were there in the book club, you know. And I remember there was a question, 
somebody asked a question, you know, if it was easier, cheaper, more affordable with like daycare and education and all these things to have kids, would you have more kids? And somebody, um, Tim Sullivan, he, he was like, absolutely. We, you know, it, it, this is a barrier. I think he has two kids, but I mean, a lot of people, myself included, I'm looking, I'm 36. Like I, I do, you know, I'm self-employed now, so I'm not doing nearly yeah. as good as when I was working for, I mean, I mean, like the thought of like the costs of, of, of raising a child in this country where when I've been to countries where they make it much easier. And this is why we have such a low birth rate now, which is a huge problem in yeah, 20 or 30 I've, or 40 years when you have like yes. all these new people that are getting older, very few new workers. There was a great, there was a daily podcast from the New York times on that issue. Yeah. That was fascinating. That was eye opening. that and, and, yeah, and we're not replacing we need, our workers and we'll have huge ramifications. And this is why we need immigrants, future. but, but they don't want to people, they can't fix the immigration problem. So mm-hmm. it's this issue where in, and you, you look at like the number of you probably know these better than I do. The number of workers per per, per pensioner for per social security worker mm-hmm. has gone down so precipitously in the last fifty years. It used to be like thirty to one or something. Yeah. Now it, now it's like I think it's like five or six to one. Yeah. What's going to happen in thirty years? Yep. We've got it, it's it's a problem, and right now I don't have the answers, but I think in a lot of ways we just need to make it easier to like raise families you know how about some family friendly legislation and you know um, there's there's a lot of ideas to make child care more affordable i don't knock you know child care providers i mean these um they're largely uh women um doing this work um not entirely but um they're they're you know i see you know the the women who take care of my daughter at her daycare um out in the valley in juno they are wonderful compassionate um, they're so good with my daughter. I, I love um, how they are with her and the kids. And they're not making m- much money. I mean, no. they don't make much. And, um, you know, and I don't understand why that is. I don't understand. I mean, that's a that's an incredible skill. Like you, you couldn't pay me enough money to spend all day with like $20. Oh, God, I can't even. I mean, right? That. Like. I, that would, and, and that like, is not, it's like that's a, not part, it's not part of, it's not who I am. You said it's like a mortgage. I mean, I know people that are paying $900 a month yeah. for childcare. Yeah. Mine is, ours is eight fifty. It went down from 900 because my daughter got older. Yeah. She just, mm. we just put her back in daycare. We, we, yeah. We, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, this politics industry book I'm reading, it doesn't make me very hopeful for the future because of how th- we messed up things them. are. And yeah. hope, maybe the, yeah. you know, maybe things... The interesting part about that book, and you didn't read it, right? <laughs> um, I watched the but I watched the TED Talk. There was this whole very interesting. The, the Gilded Age in America was just uh, you know just as bad. Maybe you can just highlight some sections. I feel bad. I should read it. Read the part about the Gilded Age when you know the opulent the, the wealth concentrations and turn of the century, and you know this is like where the progressive era started, and progressive is more of like just changing things, not today's progress. But they just did all these things at the time. To, to change government because it was so screwed up yep. and there was so much wealth concentration and there was all these major problems and there was very similar issues then as we have now. So, I mean, they did fix a lot of those problems and now it's gotten kind of gone the other way. Got, and then, yep. So then they fix some and then it's gone the other way. And I, I, you know, the pendulum has, um, um, it has a way of swinging back. And I think that at some point that working Americans, are gonna they will they will begin to advocate for themselves at some point it's there's gonna be a breaking point well, it's, it's there's gonna, gonna, take gonna more be a than that because point. i mean if you look at you know this the, the the kind of control they call it in the book the duopoly the republicans and democrats have d- done very well of you know sh- uh, shutting out any kind of competition in the system 
and you have the called the political industrial complex of I mean, there's there's just things that even in Juno, for example, I can watch on a very small scale, like what happens in the Capitol and someone who pays very close attention. There's so much shit that goes on there that the public has no clue about. And they make it intentionally complicated, like the rules in the Congress. I mean, the Constitution says very little. It says that they shall make their own rules. It's all it says. And they've created this archaic system of like rules and procedures that nobody understands that it's that benefits them not the people Mm -hmm. and it's just so screwed up and it's very frustrating when you see it here it's like microcosm it's you know state level but i mean i I, I, there's an example of an amendment i saw i didn't want to go into it but it was i knew exactly what the hell was going on it was like somebody's connection to this person to this group and i knew exactly follow it all but it gets right over a thing and it's blah blah voted you know nobody knows yeah but if you're connected to the right people in the right you know ways things happen and the people the, the customers of the political system are not getting served properly, but there's no mm-hmm. alternative right now. I, I I mean I I I read that part. That's a good that's that's, <laughs> that's a, a good part. That's a good part. <laughs> it's a good book. I mean it's it is. It is it's it's fascinating and I think it's an interesting perspective. And we need some more perspectives because people it's like a you know, people say this and it feels like a broken record, but the system right now is broken. You well, know, we are rewarding people for bad behavior. Well, one, one of their pers- the more conservative or the more liberal you are, the better the better you will fare through the uh, democratic primary system. And mm-hmm. we're we're we're, we're you, you get punished punished for being yeah we've got the extremes sl- yeah and um and you're punished for for coming up with consensus um, policy and trying to reach across the aisle and what 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 does that serve? Who is that serving? It's certainly not serving the it, American it serves public. the system. Yeah, it's interesting that one of the pres- keeps them in office. One of their prescriptions, and I is- don't fault you know any anybody in particular. It's but you know at some point, um, you know, people leaders need to stand up and be, and be the change. One They're of their pres- one of their prescriptions is this top four. They call it top five primary with ranked choice voting, mm-hmm. which they mentioned Alaska several times in the book, but because it was written in twenty twenty, they go mm-hmm. watch Alaska, see what happens, and yeah. so one of their prescriptions is exactly what we passed. Yeah last November it's gonna and be we'll interesting see, we'll see how that yeah. you know how that, that's 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 the p- political election part and then there's another part they want to reform the legislative process yeah. which is um another there's kind of two prongs to it because you can't is that part of the book oh yeah I'm gonna have to read that part I did not read that I it's really good it's, I, I, it's one of those books that for me at least I can't I just you keep reading it you, you finish a chapter and well, you it's know like what happened two in the morning I, I you're mean, like shit I, I gotta it wasn't read. gonna get here in time and so then I got the book on tape and so I was trying to listen to that and I'm like I can't so I wanted to like be able to flip through the book to different spots. So it's like it's one of those. Mm-hmm. I really think it's one of those books that you need to read it is, and yeah. not listen to the audio. It's, it's one of those. I do a lot of audio books because as I'm doing other things, I like to. Like I was saying, it's one of those things. books for me where it's like two in the morning and you finish a chapter and you're like, God damn it, I got to read yeah. another like hour and then it's three and then <laughs> or it's like watching like a if you're like yeah. I was watching the crown recently oh god that series is so good I can't it's I like, love it I, I had my one, husband's like they say it's not true and I'm like I don't care it's amazing I had one night where I was I started to watch yeah. it when I got home and literally it was like 6 a.m and I was yeah. like what the f-? you can totally I watched like six be, oh, episodes and I was yeah. like what the hell am so I doing good. here it's so good I know I'm a big crown fan okay Commissioner Dragas it's been great doing the podcast uh lobby so um, you're doing labor. I mean, if anybody needs yes. a good lob- labor lobbyist, c- call you, right? Sure. Give me a call. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm doing a lot of outside general counsel work for building, tr- primarily building trades clients. So that's, um, a lot of what I do and I'm doing some lobbying for building trades clients as well. And it's great. I love the building trades. I love organized labor and doing good things for, for working people. You got this nice little office right near the Capitol. So yes, I do. In location. the assembly apartments building. I, we, we love it here. It's a great office.
You have a, you have a great uh, office mate. I do. I do. Big, big, she is big, a dear. Big fan of her. Yes. Can, can we, is that a I public? Libby, Libby Bacalar. Yes. I did a podcast yes. with Libby Libby's here last year in the in the in the kind yeah. of the living or the. You know, with Libby, you will not meet a kinder, more thoughtful, more loyal person. She is. She's. Um, so, it's she, funny. She comes across. She and her. She can come across so so coarse and biting, but. She is one of she truly is one of the sweetest people I've ever met. She, she's she'll give you the shirt off your back, she even is, if you're a stranger. She is a completely different person in real life <laughs> than she is on social media. I, mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know if that's. I, I wouldn't totally agree with. I that. think I she's mean, she so. Is, she's un, she's kind of reserved and just kind and quiet. And, I I don't and, agree and, with that. But like, she's just so sweet, and you she, don't you don't see that in her. She's so incredible. I don't see smart. any of her she's social media. Extremely pers- talented attorney. I don't see any of her social media persona in real life. Yeah, she's, she's very different. It's, yeah, it's like she's 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 just a terrific all, human. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, no, we really few, like it in this office. She she was the top podcast ever until uh, I did one with Ann Zink and oh, Matt Hurst oh, did yeah, an article yeah. where he shared that yeah. podcast from like, a couple years ago mm-hmm. before the COVID and, and like got like. Pfft. Oh. She's, so Libby she's, said she doesn't. She's trending. Libby said she doesn't mind being after you know <laughs> second to Ann Zink. I don't. Want, I'm. I meant. I might not rise to that level, but we'll see. I mean, good podcaster. A lot of good topics. Yeah. I think you're the first podcast I've discussed breastfeeding with. So it's you should discuss it with more. Well, only if women are comfortable. I, I'm totally comfortable I, discussing. It. I, I think to, it's a part of life, and we should talk about it more. I had one set you up. A, keep talking about I, it. No, I had one. Kidding. I'll <laughs> talk about it for. I had one set up a couple of years ago, or maybe a year and a half ago, with two of my friends that were both new moms, and they wanted yeah. to. But then one of them, their their employer didn't want them to be on the pod, and then the other one was like, I don't want to do it by myself. So I actually had a plan to like oh, talk about yeah. you know being a working. Yeah. They're both like work. You know, they're both kind of like great. You should. If, did you do it? No, because the one employer didn't want them, oh. but they're both young professionals mm-hmm. who have kids who are basically similar to you, you know, yeah. high, high kind of high, high um, not profile, but I mean, you know, very, very serious job mm-hmm. that requires a lot of time, but they mm-hmm. wanted to have kids in their 30s. Yeah. And they were talking about all the same, you know, so I, I told one of them to start their own podcast about it. Oh, and she's, I mean, that's, yeah, we, we should. I would listen to that one. I would listen you to should, that. You should start. Maybe you should, you should start it. I, I mean, I'm also raising a small child. So like, you know, you, you, I basically work until I go home. I have Olive for, you know, the like three hours we attempt to get her to bed. Mm-hmm. She is not going to bed. Right I now. think it'd be kind of weird it's if I started like a breastfeeding bedtime podcast. Routine, man. That might be kind of weird. I sort of agree. Just... I feel like that's not your lane. <laughs> no, it's not. So you, yeah, that's not your lane. But, um, but there, that's a lane to be filled. But I mean, I think that would be great. I'm just, I tell you what, motherhood is a transformative experience and that, I mean, I think a lot of women say that, and I didn't understand it until I became a mom. They're like, oh, yeah, that's why. It's incredible. It's it's like the, the greatest thing I've ever done. We are, we love our daughter. She is so spunky and so fun. She is a fireball. She's a force. She, she looks very, very high energy. She is very high energy. I mean, she's not like she's, you know, she, I mean, every kid has tantrums and stuff, but it's mostly just like she doesn't just meander places. She just runs. Love she it. runs, yeah. She's a great kid. I think you'd be a good podcast host. I think you should consider that. Maybe I maybe I should do that. I had a I had a food blog for a very long time. Did you really? Yes. You're, Gina Girl a, Cooks. Are you yes. a foodie? Um, yes, I am. Oh my god, I love that. I yes. We and my husband's a really good cook. We eat very well in our house. Is that an invitation? I mean, oh yeah, you could totally come over for dinner. I'm leaving oh, yeah. Friday, so maybe, maybe in August when I yeah. Come well, back we'll for figure special. it out. We'll talk. We can do the texting. Okay, we'll do the. Yeah. the uh, text message yeah yeah totally love that All i right. mean you can schedule it and then put it off a couple times and then reschedule wow it. <laughs> no I, I just, wow commissioner 
Oh my, you got me. I think I put it up one time. It was the COVID. The first, uh, maybe I think it the was. COVID I, was. I think it was twice, but like, who's counting? Here we are. I'm just teasing. Like the, the anteps.pation I'm made totally it even. Te- I mean, I gotta, you know, you rib everyone. <laughs> That's true. I you gotta, you gotta, you can't, you need to, gotta be able to take it. You can't take it. You can't dish it out. But I mean, it should be fair, right? I feel like that's fair. Like that's fair ribbing, right? I think I maybe, I maybe, I, I definitely did <laughs> postpone once. I, it was supposed to be yesterday. No, and then it was supposed to be last week. Right, but it, it was. It was supposed to. But be. But then there was another time before where we were going to do it, and then I was. We like, were going to. I never heard back from you. I was like, I don't yesterday know. was supposed to. Maybe be, I'm not that cool. It was I don't supposed know. to be two, and then I think we made it four. You made it. You made it four. You you pushed it back yesterday. Yeah, I and had then, a few. I just had a few things going on. I was like, okay, I need to push this thing. And, and then I I moved it to today because. I may have had a couple. We're here. I may, we're have, here had, I may, have, I may have had a couple drinks, maybe before. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, you, you told me you had not one, but two. I had two glasses two of wines. wine last night. No, not two wines. Two, two glasses, glasses of wine. Of wine. I, I, yes. That's, ooh. I don't. You know, like That's crazy. I live large. Yeah, I'm not a big drinker, but I like every once in a while we were having steak, and I was like, I just want a nice. A nice Red Pinot Noir. Wine, a Pinot Noir. I, I'm a, I, you know, I, my second state is Oregon because I went to law school there, and so. My, my buddy, my buddy, Oregon uh, Pinot, it's my, amazing. My, my buddy Doug's a really big wine connoisseur, and he's. I'm not. He's turned me on to. Unfortunately, I can't. When I go out, like I have to, like when you have had the good wine, you really can't appreciate the bad wine. Yeah, so it's, it's expen- hard. Like a good yeah. bottle of wine is not cheap. No, I mean bucks like or more. Uh, yeah, and we we I have I bought one single bottle of wine for a hundred dollars and i will not that was like i felt guilty about but it's it so but it's so good compared yeah. to oh god it's you can't amazing. go back i mean no, it's, just... it's hard i mean so like i yeah i mean i am not a wine connoisseur and i will drink the you know a 10 or 15 dollar bottle but yeah when you have a, a nice bottle of wine yeah it's, it's so amazing good. i have a friend ann who's a wine connoisseur and so she i just text her i take a picture like is this one good and she'll be like oh well look let me look at the back and then she'll tell me well, I was in so Australia. I'm not, big, big, they're I'm big, not clever enough to know. Big Australia, big wine to, industry yeah. in Australia. Yeah, good very, wines. Very, good very, wines there. Very good yeah. wines there. All right, Commissioner Dragus, <laughs> lobbyist Heidi Dragus, it's been great. Great pot. We covered many topics, yes. kind of the gamut. We really did. We'll have to yeah. do, do another one sometime. Yes. Really, really enjoy talking to you. You too. Thanks, um, Jeff. And uh, enjoy Juno here. So uh, yes. I'm, I'm out here on Friday. Oh yeah. Well, you'll be back. I'll be back. Yep. Um, thanks again, Heidi, for doing this. So yeah. my pleasure. If you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.